This is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I am your host for today. And joining us, actually just joining me since David is absent, is Connor, my brother. Uh, He's been on before and we talked about the Mistborn Adventure game and our kind of transition from just D&D 3.5 to to other games. Uh, But we're going to talk today about Connor's recent stint as as a GM. Um, a recent so the, stint. Yeah, I mean, it's not an inaccurate word. Yeah, yeah I guess so. But uh, yeah, so Connor, you, 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 we just finished um, Orphans of the American Dream, our, our post-apocalyptic fate game uh, on the channel. And I wanted to talk to you about like what it was like to jump into the GM's chair again um, and uh, what, what it was like from your perspective. Because I think we, we talked a lot on the in the after show, uh, the Orphans after show uh, for that last episode. A lot about like the campaign in terms of like, oh, what, what were you? You asked us a lot of questions as players about like, you know, what did you think about this thing? What were your favorite NPCs? What favorite themes? That sort of thing. Uh, but I kind of wanted to turn the tables on you and um, and, and talk about uh, your perspective and, and stuff that you maybe learned, stuff that you really enjoyed, stuff that you didn't maybe enjoy, uh, so on and so forth. And, and just kind of talk about it from that angle. Uh, and that'd be a fun, a fun episode for Idle Inspiration to just talk about like uh your perspective on gming too as opposed to my perspective on gming or david's perspective on gming um so i'm sure there's there's fun stuff we can can talk about there so uh first question for you would be like what uh what did you i mean in general thoughts about the campaign how it went likes dislikes i I mean i loved it i uh I couldn't tell if I all the times you just kept posting songs, but like, okay, okay, guys, this is the song for this scene. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I, so like when I go to work, if I'm like by myself or like I'm doing something tedious or whatever, like I'll just let my mind, my mind wander. And either I'm thinking about church stuff, thinking about like, like, uh, like, how to handle conversations with friends or whatever, or I'm thinking about RPG and uh, which scenes are in my head that I want to try to put, put into the campaign or um, what people have told me about their characters and how they view their characters. So I can try to um, like help push them in that direction or help like put in obstacles to like help them firm their um like character arc and like make those hard decisions that like will force them to take this path or the other or abandon that belief or whatever so like it it (laughs) if i guess for like most of the listeners maybe most of them don't know me but uh if you do know me the fact that I mean, I'm not thinking about theology so that I can think about <laughs> RPG <laughs> and and how that all like is going to work out in the uh, uh, in the next session or whatever. Like that takes up a lot of my time thinking about it. Um, or uh, like whenever I'm listening to music, I would usually listen to like hard rock or like a podcast, and then like in the last like three weeks or so it had just been like my epic playlist or certain uh-huh. soundtracks that yep. um, I had been thinking about that like could fit for the type of theme we're in right now. And so I'd just be listening to different soundtracks and being like, oh, this would be a perfect song song for like this scene, or um, this is a possible scene that could, that can happen. And I, I like looking at like, especially like the instrumental songs. I like looking at the titles of them to yeah. be like, Oh, that's a very interesting idea and song. And then it helps me form like a scene that could possibly happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's a really cool idea. Uh, so for instance, the truth, the song, the truth, if uh, Connor at the end of orphans there, uh, maybe not spoilers for our friends. I don't know. Uh, it's already, it's already out. I mean, de- uh, be vague about spoilers, I guess. Well, so the the thing Talk with Connor uh, at the end there, if if that wouldn't have been resolved right away, and there yeah. had been like a split, mm-hmm. uh, that was the scene I was going to have play for like the um, 
everybody arguing and like trying to figure out whose side they were on. Right. Uh, and I thought that was like really cool. Uh, remind me the the truth is from is the parasite soundtrack. Yep. Oh, okay. So from the parasite soundtrack, uh, like it's basically just like a tense, like everybody's like yeah. revealing stuff song. I think from from like <laughs> classic the, classic anime scene yes, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then dramatically talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, the song "Lives," which I did play, um, or did like mention that that's the song playing in the background. Yeah, uh, that song was when we were going over the facility and like the carnage that had been. That right. had happened. Um, that was that was that scene. Um, yeah, let, listening to you describe this, um, it, I mean, this is how my mind is always. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because because I'm all, I'm currently running three different campaigns right now, or yep. about to be running three different campaigns right now. Uh, I, I that's that's just my life, right? That's yeah. that's what I spend my free time doing is um, is that. Um, but but I think I think it's possible that you and I have have an easier time or that I have an easier time than you of like switching back and forth between things. I'm like, like uh, obsessing about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think this is true about you and David. I think both of you, well, David, David just ran, will randomly switch all the time, but he can't control it. I don't think you switch very often. And you're like obsessed in one thing and you keep going for a long time on that one thing. I think I've learned to take to, to like, um, uh, uh, control the obsession where, where oh, I'm like, I, I know the, the kind of music I need to listen to, to get into a certain mode, to be thinking about a certain thing or a certain book to, to read so that I'm in this, this mode now. Um, any, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that, but that's I, I, oh, I, sense... I do that too. That that's what I did for Orphans okay, was yeah. I was like, okay, this is the music I'm listening to now because I I think it was a it was partly a mix of both. It was like I can't listen to any other music because I'm so invested in the RPG. Yeah, yeah. that like I'd, I'd be listening to other music and be like, I can't think about Orphan stuff while listening to these songs, and so I'd be like, well, I have to go back to this this these or this type of music now. Um, which was interesting because I would try listening to like other hard rock bands and try to imagine um, like some of those songs being put into orphans. And that's how I had the unwinding cable car as, uh, as that one scene that I mentioned to you guys about um, mm-hmm. because I started listening to Amberlynn and I was like, yeah, the unwinding cable car. What does that remind me of? Oh, the cable from the bridge and orphans. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of that, but yeah, I definitely like controlled the obsession to to one degree or another because then I started watching post apocalyptic movies too. I like told Mickey yeah. when we were like starting when I was starting out like the prep and stuff like that. <laughs> See, babe, we're going like, to be watching yep. a lot of post apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah and, honestly, and we did. We watched like four yeah. or five post apocalyptic yeah. movies, and they gave me really solid ideas. Some ideas I didn't use, but it helped me get in the mindset of like, oh, this is really interesting and unique that most like post-apocalyptic settings don't play around with. And one of yeah. those things was, I forget the movie. It was an awful movie, really stupid movie. Uh, I forget what it was called. <laughs> but I had this one golden egg that you. No, but I didn't even, I didn't even use it, but it, but it gave me, it gave me like a mindset. Um, mm. But there was this one character. So it was like the whole planet was like, the atmosphere was like dying. And so there was only like a certain like portion of like the planet that you could still breathe in Mm -hmm. Uh, and everywhere else you like couldn't breathe outside of the, uh, um, like, like you'd have to have like a mask on or whatever, like oxygen tank and whatnot. Um, and so, uh, there's like this one like girl, was like the last person on the planet basically and everybody else had abandoned earth because it wasn't going to work and she was like still determined to like save earth and then there's this one other guy that also hadn't left the planet yet either and he like comes and visits her in an air balloon and i was like that's so cool i was like there has to be like one guy on the planet Who's like, oh, apocalypse! I'm just going to travel in an air balloon because I don't have to deal with <laughs> bandits. I don't have to deal with anybody. I'm just above yeah. everybody, and yeah. I can have my home in here. 
And as long as somebody like is intelligent enough to know how to work air balloons, that makes perfect sense. Like that would be a really genius thing for some, some really quirky guy to do. Yeah. Um, although he probably self will suffer from like, uh, like not having Cri- social interaction, loneliness. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I had a character right there because somebody yep. had an air balloon in that, in that movie. And I ne- I didn't end up using the idea. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was trying so to think, ingenious. I was like, There's, there wasn't a person other than in an air balloon yeah. in Orphans. Did we miss him? No. Did you yeah. describe an air balloon in the sky <laughs> and we just never followed up on it? <laughs> no, no, that, that didn't happen. But that gave me yep. the idea for the train. Oh, and sure, I was yeah. like, what other modes of transportation is like unique in a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. world, but still feasible and possible. And I was like, yeah, a train. Like people could figure that out. It would yeah. take a lot more work and it'd take a lot more community to it. But yeah, that's something that people would want to see again because it would help transport resources. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna put a train in this. Mm-hmm. And it was super weird for you guys, but if you thought about it, if you thought about yeah. how it could work, it it was it less worked. the trains exist. No, the trains' existence didn't bother me at all. It was just the fact that they call themselves like train pirates or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, was funny. Yeah, the vibe was a little off. It was a little weird. Yeah, I I don't. They didn't think of themselves as train pirates until Who you said told that? me that they were because because she called herself the captain, and then her 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 husband was the first mate. And somebody yeah, was that, like, I just you guys are think... trained pirates. And she was like, heck yeah, we're trained pirates. <laughs> just to be, just to be like, you know, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, basically just like owned it. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. sure. Okay, if you want to okay. call us trained pirates, we're trained pirates. Yeah. Cause she's like sassy. So, yeah, okay. so that wasn't my original idea. As far as I remember, maybe it was my original idea. I don't think so though. Yeah. I don't think so. That's funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny you describing that then. Cause, um, I, I it's just David who can't control this then <laughs> like D- David is a uh, is a uh, um he is controlled by his fictional whims uh he's just mm-hmm. like I'm in a sci-fi mood sorry guys like it's just what I what's happening right now where yeah like when when and maybe this was uh this ended up being a mistake but when um we were off from RPGs for like a month and a half or something um and I was in in, in we had just finished Terranolius and we were going into Terra Invicta next. I spent pretty much all of my free time in that month and a half prepping and getting inspiration for Terra Invicta. Yeah. Um, which which meant I had watched the I had Carly and I watched the entire Pirates of the Caribbean series. Um yeah. and, and the the and King Kong and several other movies that were in that general vein of like exploration, pirates, ocean, yep. islands, that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, I, I was, I was in that mode for a very long time because I wasn't actually doing anything else RPG yep. wise. And so I was like, "This is my life now. I just get inspiration for Terra Invicta, and I just think about Terra Invicta all the time, and I just make a playlist for Terra Invicta." Um, but then, of course, as soon as we actually started it, I was like, "All right." Death I'm of Madness. Die now. That's yep. all I get. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I just need that outlet. As soon as as soon as I actually start the first session of a game, I'm like, okay, cool. What's the next thing? And then by the time then like the next week rolls around where I have to do another session of it, I'm like, okay, cool. But I spent had spent so much time prepping for it beforehand that I'm like, all right, cool. I have like so much material to drop and I can just leave this alone for a while and come back to it when I need it. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, so so obviously you like watch movies and listen to music and stuff like that. Anything else you you did inspiration wise? That was that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Though I guess you kind of already went into it. Um, yeah, it was it was music and movies. Um, and I tried to like actually do research into like how fate works this time around. Oh yeah, sure. So I know that was my biggest problem with doing Mistborn. Is I like didn't know too much about how the Mistborn system the actual works. system worked, yeah. Because I didn't really care. I just cared about <laughs> making the cool story. Uh-huh. Um, and I figured like you and David always like point me in the right direction for how rules work. And I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I've done like when we first started Orphans, I was like, I've done Fate before. Like I'll just do it. And this time around, I was like, I need to actually make sure I like know the system and I'm trying mm-hmm. to work within the system. And I feel like Fate is like up to the GM enough where I was able to do a lot of weird things with it and it still worked. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I was like, I just need to make sure I like keep within the rules this time. Cause that was my biggest problem last time. <clears throat> yeah. And I think 
I think that's going to be like, I think I've turned over a new leaf on that. And I think that's going to be something I'm like, that's something I want to do. Like even today, hopefully if I have time is to look into my character sheet on uh, Elysian road. Oh, that's yeah. what we're doing next. And actually yeah. like figure out how like, all these things work. Yeah. How, how the game works and what direction I want to have my character like level up in because Sweet. I don't want to be that guy left behind because I didn't understand how the system worked. And that's how <laughs> I did with Cantarius and with this character because mm-hmm. we jumped into a new system. I didn't understand. Yeah. And then I was like, I didn't have time to like figure out how this works, you know? So yeah, I like Evelyn isn't the strongest like mechanics character. <laughs> she's, she's definitely not she's interesting. No, yeah. not not min max at all. But she's super interesting. I, I yeah yeah. Anyway, we can yeah we're talking. No, about I, I love Evelyn. Yeah. Um. No. No. Yeah. For sure. Um. And and that's um that's definitely what I've I've been doing too for um for all the different things is yeah um actually reading up on the game. I finally I got out my start of the number start of that number book again and I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly i think i'm probably just gonna try to read it like cover to cover more or less again um just to like be immersed in the rules again i obviously watched elysian road again um or listen <laughs> to it but but and so i have a basic understanding of what was going on with the rules and stuff like that again um but there's a lot of stuff that we just mentioned where i'm like i obviously know how that works when i talk about it here but i don't understand what's going on here so i'm gonna i need to re relearn how folk i work and um all all that stuff but yeah um, that's fun. oh i had a question what it was now it's okay move on <laughs> yeah so um what's what was you we were talking a little bit about differences between previous campaigns you've run so we I, i'm obviously the main gm for the stuff that we do um and you've done three campaigns now yeah, it'd be Mistborn, Orphans, and Mistborn Monsters. Again. I guess I, I I considered Mistborn Monsters like a different campaign. So those I mean, are the we three did that it, I'm thinking, but we started it twice and did like three sessions in them both. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. And then we revamped the whole thing to do it online. Mm-hmm. Um, though all those videos are private now, I think, because I um they're not very good. <laughs> well, it's not that they aren't very good. They're really good. For someone who has all of the context that we had, oh, and, but sure. I, but like, not only is the world different, but not only is it Mistborn and and Mistborn in the future, so like that that limits so much who is actually going to understand what's going on here. Right. But also, it's Mistborn. It's our version of Mistborn from a campaign we didn't actually stream mm-hmm. <laughs> that is influencing everything that's happening in the game. And so I just kept looking at like. I don't I don't think anyone's actually going to be like because uh, I was like going through and like weeding out like what do I want to actually be featured on my channel and like right, stuff that I yeah. know people will be able to get and understand like that little like three session Uncharted Worlds campaign that we started where you had like a, a ship who was your wife like an AI or whatever. Um, right. It didn't we just stopped it and didn't go anywhere. So I was like, OK, I want to make these private on the channel because, you know, no, whatever, like we're never going to come back to this. So um, uh anyway yeah so but that's all besides the point um when you're thinking about like orphans uh in comparison to those other campaigns what's the stuff that jumps out to you that was different better worse definitely definitely better in terms of like understanding of the system and i think definitely better just the system in general because yeah. i think we've talked about the misborn yeah we Mistborn. did an episode on that right <laughs> we did yeah that was yeah. i was on that yeah that was the one like, on, yeah. it just it just didn't work like the system just didn't work within even the world itself. Like it just wasn't consistent yeah. with like how the books treated the powers. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah. So fate was a lot different and and better. Um, even even in just the the setting itself. I think we talked about this at the last like um, after show we did of orphans, but the the system itself was like super easy like the system is super easy in yeah. fate like fate is designed so that nobody dies and you know <laughs> when you're when you're killed or you kill somebody else like you can just decide i knock him out we're in burning wheel like antonius killed my son because he rolled too high 
You know, you know what I mean? It, it was, wasn't even that. It was because he 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 didn't specify his intent. Oh, that's yep. the reason. Remember, it it was yes, he said, "I get him off of Cantarius." Yep. And he rolled a power test, and I was like, "Like you didn't? That's what you want? You get it?" But like, it's my job to introduce like drama and complications, and to challenge your guys' beliefs and instincts. And and like you, I think you had a belief about like. Like, I don't want, I want to figure out a way to like save my son. Yeah. And I wanted to like challenge Kentarius with like, what if you can't do that? And you have to deal with the ramifications of a fr- your friend just killed your son. What are you going to do? Are you going to snap? I, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> it did not. It did not. No, no, it's awful. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, so yeah. So it's, it's very easy in that way in comparison yeah. where, you know, I succeed. What do you do? Uh, so like, even when David like killed the main bad guy of the entire campaign, halfway through the campaign, mm-hmm. it was like, he could have just decided ah, I don't kill him, but he was like, heck no. I shoot him like 27 yeah. times in the chest. Um, and Carl, that <laughs> kills people. David, that ruins campaigns. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, that, that, uh, worked well for like when if you guys were going to fight each other um which i tried to get you guys to do multiple times (laughs) you Um, did you did it would have been able to like not be as devastating and i think that was interesting for us to do a devastating like um kind of campaign a post-apocalyptic campaign in a setting in a in a uh, a system that makes it very easy to not be devastating and I think that was the only way we could walk away from each session feeling like we had a fun time and not being like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, well, but, well, cause part of it was, you know, the thing with fate is in, in the actual mechanics of, of things, especially the way we were optimizing our characters, there was very little risk of us ever really getting into major trouble or dying. Right. Yeah. What it ended up being is um, the choices, what like we always made the choice to make it worse for our character right like that yes. was what it was always about it was if we went by just the mechanics and we were just rolling and, and, and honestly fate does this already right with this is the reason compels exist right is that that's where all of the like story stuff happens is mm-hmm. um the compels are, are you know you you telling our telling us and saying listen like your character is this way well, i think he would do this thing and it's going to be because of the game we were playing it's going to be devastating, right? It's going to be a bad yeah. thing. It's going to be a bad time. Um, but it's all on your guys' choices and whether or not you have fate points and the the calculated risks you take to spend fate points that will leave you vulnerable. All of those things were the things that were the devastating part, right? not the roles themselves, right? Because right. if we actually got, of course, until we got to like the big bosses, right? But mm-hmm. even then, you know, David killed John and then we had the, you know, we had we had situations where we could like figure out to get around those things um but really the the real devastating parts of fate uh, of or, uh or of orphans rather were the choices that we made based on our aspects yeah um, and, and then i think you're right like that's that's the reason we could walk away for a bit and and say like oh we had a lot of fun because yeah. we always chose those moments yes um more or less, I guess there was moments, you know, when we don't have fate points, but still, we we spent we spent our fate points knowing that there was a possibility of you doing that to us, which is still a choice right. on our part. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, no, I I that's what I was that's what I was getting at it is is you yeah. guys could choose the moments that were devastating, and if you guys didn't want the devastating moment because it just like wouldn't go well, it would just take too much for your character, then you just didn't have to just spend a fate point. Didn't have to, yeah, didn't have to deal yeah. with it. Um, which, which made me even like, uh, like at the finale when you were like, Hey, like you guys should, you should give us compels now. So we can't resist them. I was like, no, I want you guys to be able to resist them uh, right, because sure. I don't want it to feel like, especially with, the, and I, 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 I appreciated that sentiment because, um, it, it, especially for the finale episode, it was important. I think for all of us to have those choices. Right. Um, yeah. And to not, and to not feel like we, I mean, cause it, you know, it's a com- com- completely like realistic strategy for uh, you as the GM to be like, your characters are stressed to the limit right now. You make a mistake. Right. And here's the compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally viable, but also 
because of the fact that, you know, we had already had those moments mm-hmm. and we had chosen those moments on ourselves, yep. right? You are confident that if, if anything like that is going to happen, I want it to be in the hands of the players so that they yeah. actually are choosing that for themselves. And it's, yes. it's really at the end of the day going to make it more dramatic anyway. I think if I had been playing with, like, if I had been GMing a, a system or in, in a face system, a game of like new players, I would yeah. have forced compels more often. Yes. Um, because you wanted to get them into the mode of like, this is how these, these yeah. things work. We, we like, want these to be dramatic sacrifices. We want to have moments where you guys have to change something about your character or lose yeah. something about who you are, because that's what makes characters interesting. Yep. You watch a movie where, the main character like just doesn't change and has a goal and just succeeds. It's boring or, um, you know, like just doesn't have the power yet. And then that just gets the power and succeeds. It's boring. Um, but like, that's, I think what people make fun of anime is a lot for, but in anime, usually, uh, in a good anime, the, the problem isn't as much as the power struggle, which is a, a problem, but it's be, it's also like, uh, the person's uh, like actual wants and desires and how, how much they have to sacrifice of themselves and change their beliefs in order to get what they want. And I think that's what I wanted to push a lot is like, we have that. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's the, what's the f- uh, category of animes that are um like my hero academia is a what uh, shonen shonen so yeah. like orphans was kind of run like a shonen anime where you guys were trying to get like the power to oh, beat the sure. bad guys but it had way more to do with the dramatic tension between the the players and between the npcs they were bringing along with them and um like i i, I like what that they analysis. had to do to get a, 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 to get to the end Right. Well, because it, it was like a shonen anime in that exact sense where they had to get the power to defeat the bad guy. But the power was like, get control of our own psyches. Yes. Right. That And that's fascinating. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. So I and that's what I loved about playing with you yeah. guys in this RPG. And I feel like it, it might have just been like just an understanding of who you guys were as players and less mm-hmm. of like, this would be a cool campaign to run. Mm-hmm and do this was to let you guys choose your own compels in in one sense or another, like allow you guys to reject the compels and control your character. Because I knew that we were going to still have moments like when David was punching Luke to death and he gave himself a moderate consequence just because he wanted to, because he was like, this represents like, like what, what I'm doing to myself right now. And so I'm giving myself a moderate consequence because this scene is devastating. And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. Um, Where you guys as the players gave yourself complications because you wanted to see the drama. And I, and I loved that. So I was like, I would much rather not force any dramatic complications that you guys can pick your own complications and love it and have more fun because of it. Yeah. Because we were, we were experienced enough players that you knew that we were going to do that anyway. Right. Um, and, and so, like, honestly, any of the fake games that I've actually listened to, um, uh, th- that's that's the the arc, right? It's the GM starts off doing a lot of compels themselves yep. to get them into the mode. Like, this is how it works. These are yep. the, the choice sort of choices that make fate really fun. And then as time goes on, the GM does less and less compelling and the players pull, pick up a lot of the compelling because they yep. and even with against other players, right, because they all start to understand like how the the back and forth is supposed to work um and the thing is with orphans we were already very familiar with fate and so we already kind of started right out of the gate like not uh you know being being pretty confident that like we we were going to give ourselves compels as much as you were yeah um yeah yeah that was or at least make it or at least make it very obvious to everyone like what the compel is gonna be right now right right and then you would pop it pop the compel and we'd be like yep that's where it was going (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah um so in terms of oh i had another question and and it just completely escaped me um yeah really whenever we do the analysis like these uh analyses it always uh, and i think i mentioned this before but it always really gets me to remember to to, uh 
it always reminds me, I don't know if that's the term I'm looking for, that our session, the way we play role-playing games now and in this phase of like doing it on the internet um, is 100% influenced by the burning wheel, right? The, even oh, before yeah. with even before with Orphans, we hadn't actually played played the burning wheel, wheel yet yeah and it was different right it was it was it, like we did a lot more just like oh random funny stuff and like yes we're just rolling a bunch and we're not paying attention to the mechanics um but like with with uh once the well, once we did crow inquisitors and then we started branching out from there i honestly we pl- we ran orphans of the american dream like a brain wheel campaign right with, with all mm-hmm. the psychic psych uh the psyche stuff and the dramatic hard decisions and the beliefs and instincts obviously in the background of our minds always um yeah and and, and that's the sort of thing that i just see always in all of our campaigns is that's how we play things now because it it burning wheel rewired our rpg brains um because it was so intense Right. It was like we, we got all got trauma from playing the Bernie wheel. And then it was yes. just like, oh, OK, this is this is how our brain works now. We are this trauma's rewired our brains. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and it, even in the sense of like, I feel like sometimes in the burning wheel, it like it wasn't fun because of how devastating it was. Yeah. Like like when Kentari is the sun died. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't fun at all. It wasn't me. fun. It yeah. was just awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like coming from there, I knew like in a post-apocalyptic RPG, like that's like the thing that I could do is just make it not fun. Just make it uh-huh. devastating and traumatizing. And I was I like, like that. well, <laughs> but yes, maybe not David to Jared. a point though, but no, you <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have liked it. That's, that's fair. That's fair. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have liked it. Yeah. It would have been like cool to look back on and be like, wow, that was an incredible, devastating moment, but you would have hated it in the moment. And I didn't want to do that because I knew like, that's how you cut like the um, player choice out of RPGs yeah. to the point where everybody just wants to metagame. And if we tried to do that in fate, like it would not have worked. Like if Jared <laughs> hadn't changed his mindset for the finale to be like, you know what, I'm going to balance myself instead of just being the ultimate shield guy i can't like i can't die i like i would have had to have been forced to spend a ton of time in fiddling with mechanics to try to make it so that possible jared, for like, jared could die yeah <laughs> but there was tension in the in the room yeah. um for the finale and we didn't do that because they we didn't have these traumatizing devastating moments and jared was like i'm missing out on the traumatizing devastating moments because I can't die. And so it was more interesting, I think, that way, especially in, in, a, in a system like Fate, um, where the, a lot of the choices like that are in the player's hands. And really, in a good Burning Wheel campaign, they're in the player's hands too, right? And and that's right. the thing that we had to learn throughout the course of like as much as I liked the drama of that moment, I think if I was doing it again, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had Antonius kill kill Cantarius' son in that moment, um, because it did that's feel good. It, it did feel cheap, right? It, right. It, like I, there was wiggle room in the way the games work where I could have like it, it was a hundred percent a valid option for me to say that in that moment, and right. that's why I did it, right? But in the in the at the end of the day, you know, looking at your actual belief at that point, it was like, you know, find a way to save my son. You weren't even in that scene, right? Like, it, <laughs> it was it was Alphonse and Antonius in that room. Yeah, like, I it, left. It, right, exactly. It didn't make any. It, at the end of the day, it didn't make sense. Um, and that's really why that's why Josh didn't play Antonius for season three is because I messed up his character by <laughs> basically, yeah, forcing him to kill someone he didn't want to kill. Yeah. Um. And, and again, it was valid. It was a choice I could have made and I did make it. Right. But, yeah. but, but the thing we learned, I think is the, the thing that makes burning wheel and by sense, any other choice like this, what, what makes burning wheel fun is for me to give a moment like that and to give a choice, a clear choice yeah. and have you actually have to choose. So I would have, I would have, what I would have done, I think if I had done it again, I would have said, okay, Antonius, uh, Josh, you didn't specify your intent being, I, I don't kill him. So I'm going to offer right. you a choice here. Either you can do this and kill him, 
or you can not do it and the bad thing is going to happen and you don't stop it. That's what I would have done. And that would have been so much more dramatic and so much more fun because Josh would have been like, oh, that's right. I didn't. That's an awful choice I have to make. But now I get to make that choice instead of me just being like, ha ha, you forgot your intent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think I think I learned a lot from like playing Crowing Crusaders in the Burning Wheel um, as a GM from things like that of like hmm like i just that just wasn't fun for me and like it was but but the devastating moment was great for the story and yeah. so it's like how can i balance those two out because the entirety of the post apocalyptic rpg is going to be that devastating choices that people yep. have to make and people are going to die and it's going to be awful but but um, their choice where do you draw the line yeah they're, they're choices and not like i'm just dropping the hammer down on you right, sorry yeah. this person dies in front of you right now yeah though 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 at the end of the day i mean you did do those moments but again they were still right. tempered by decisions right so emily yes. gets shot in the back of the head that, that was, was because, because <laughs> i failed right exactly yeah, yeah. um and that, those are the best moments right um mm-hmm. where where the best devastating moments is like we realize oh that was a sacrifice i made and now yep. the consequences are falling yeah um yeah, and and I and, and, I, and like I think the biggest thing for people as GMs is to make sure the players know, hey, if you make this decision, something yep. bad is going to happen because of it. Especially um, new which, players, right? Yes, yeah. especially new players, which is what I what I did for you was like, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, there's going to be yep. consequences if you don't I go know. with them on this trip. On this yep. trip, because um, I because I had said in my head like, oh, this is the little mini quest that Caleb was going to go on is go hire some cultists. And I was like, okay, what happens if they don't hire the cultists well? Oh, well, uh, there's going to be consequences for it. Um, yeah. So yeah, in, in all reality, I, the idea that I was going to have is that you guys go there and instead of hiring the cultists, you take all of their like radio technology, which is what they were going to benefit you guys with anyway. And then you were going to leave the cultists behind. <laughs> so that way you guys could communicate the whole time, but you wouldn't have to take the cultists with but instead oh, you got yeah. both of them right yeah yeah, yeah. in all the the complication that that brought with right it. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um one more thing so i do want to talk about like themes because this yeah, is something yeah. i had in my head mm-hmm. um one of the themes that i learned from watching a movie um was the sense of i don't know what happens after i leave this town um, which is something I touched on right away. The first town you guys went to with the, um, with the uh, chocolate uh, farm and stuff like that <clears throat> was that after you guys leave this place, it's up in the air because it's a post-apocalyptic RPG. Right. You guys aren't going to get a letter from them or a phone call mm-hmm. or a text or you're, and you're never going to come back there either. So quite literally, you're going to leave and never know what happened there. And you have to live with the fact that that's just it. There's, there's a sense of emptiness and like incompleteness. And I learned that from a movie, which Mickey and I loved. We thought it was a great movie and everybody else, like critics and stuff like that, gave it like horrible scores. Uh, and it's, <laughs> what it's about the Netflix... audience score. What's, what's the audience score versus the critic score? That's the, I don't remember. Thing. What's the movie called? Uh, How it ends. Um, and it, we thought the acting was fantastic. We thought like, the the story was super compelling and interesting and like lots of really enthralling scenes um and everybody else was like horrible acting i was bored throughout the whole movie and i was just like i don't understand that it was so interesting um it was basically like uh this guy trying to get back to his pregnant fiance um and uh he has to team up with like his father-in-law in order to get to her. Um, is this, this is the 2018 film or the 2021? So. Okay. There's, there's apparently a 2021 film. That's also post-apocalyptic, but it's a comedy. Oh, okay. It's not that. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong thing. I was like, this does not seem like kind of movie you'd watch. Connor. No, no, not at all. Um, it's funny. So he has to team up with like his father-in-law to go get his pregnant fiance, like across mm-hmm. the country. And there's a, like, apocalyptic event happening and nobody has an idea what's going on and it was basically like what would actually happen if you had to do this 
you'd have to do this and you'd have to stock up on gas and you'd have to Mm -hmm. deal with this scenario and this scenario. And I thought it was super fun. And it gave us a lot of like day in the life moments where they would just like be going to this place. And this is what happens at this place, because this is what you do. If you were stuck in a car for two days, you know, you'd, you'd want to take a bath in this dirty water because, Hey, you know, I got nothing else to clean myself with or, you know, whatever. So it got a lot of fun moments like that. But then during the um, movie, they pick up this character um, who's like this native American woman who like helps them fix their car and then comes with them because she doesn't want to be in the town she's in. Um, And as they're like taking her with, they get into a scenario where they have to like shoot somebody and kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girl is like, this is awful. I hate this. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And she literally just like walks off. And then the main characters wake up the next morning and she just doesn't come back. And they just drive away because they're like, she left us. And I, and, and, and so like you spent like an hour in the movie, in the, like with this character who's had like character growth, who's gotten closer to the characters. They find these great moments and then something devastating happens and she leaves and you never see her the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, this is so genius. Like this is a post-apocalypse or not a post-apocalypse. This is an apocalypse movie. Yeah. Right. Like you have this moment where this, this lady can't take the trauma leaves and she doesn't have a phone number. You can call her by (laughs) like she, you left her and took the car. She doesn't have a car. Like she could die. She could not die. She could have wanted to come back and done so. And you guys have been gone. Like, and we just don't know. And mm-hmm. I thought that was like so perfect for a post-apocalyptic RPG setting is to have moments like that. And I, and I was like, okay, well, you guys are journeying from point A to point B. Along the way, you're going to leave situations behind and have no idea what your actions will result in. And so that's why I did that for the very first city was, uh, you know, David tries to shoot the guy and then like screams at you guys on the way out. Like, like I hate you guys, all this stuff. And like, now you guys just don't know what's going to happen with that city. Like you came through devastation happened in the city and the like leader is angry and upset. And maybe tomorrow he becomes an evil, like dictator of the, yeah. of the city because he's afraid of stuff like that happening again. So he like locks down uh, the city. He like puts up more security, stops more trade, stops the stop making chocolate because Hey, all this is going to do is bring trauma to our city. Or maybe he learns his lesson and like opens up again, but like, you just don't know. You don't know Mm -hmm. if it's a happy ending there, if it's a bad ending there, because you guys left. And I I wanted to play with that theme the whole time is every time you leave a city, how did you leave the city? What's going to happen tomorrow? What are these characters going to do the next time? So like Sadie and uh, um, Bart, like the people on the train, their train got destroyed because of you guys. And you guys just never talk to them again. Where do those people yeah. go? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do they live the rest of their life? Uh, who knows? And and like, uh, there's so many moments like that, that you can do in a post-apocalyptic RPG that is devastating and still allow the characters to make choices that aren't like forced. But at the end of the day, their choices are going to have effects on the people around them, the people they pass through. And I thought that was such a like, perfect uh like theme for a post-apocalyptic rpg but i think movies need to be brave enough to do more of that or like shows or books and uh well because that's what life is like right yeah like more often than not like unless you're you know living with people day in and day out and seeing this change in arc right you're gonna have moments like that every day where you're just like oh okay i was just nice to that person in the grocery in the grocery store and I'm never going to see that person again. And I will mm-hmm. have zero. I have zero clue wh- how that affected them, mm-hmm. how what their life was like before this moment and what their life was like after this moment. It's just one moment and then it's gone forever and I will never see this person again. But that matters in well, the long run for something. Yeah. Well, and well, even bigger moments like I had a relationship with this person, never going to talk to them again. We broke up. Right. Or, yeah. you know, I was friends with this person and now yep. I don't see you anymore. I, I worked with this person. I changed jobs. Yep. You know, uh, you just don't know. Um, and it's uh, like compounded way more in a RPG where 
you I can't just call you can't that just person Facebook up. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was super interesting how we played that out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the thing, uh, so I, I looked at the movie and yeah, it has a 17% for critic and audience score. So like no one liked this. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yep. And, and like, like I loved it. It was so yeah. genius. I loved every second of it. I thought it was super good and I have no idea why other people like didn't like it. Yeah. It was very interesting. Sad, sad day. Uh, so, so last question for you, as we kind of are wrapping up here, um, what would, I mean, well, we're probably going to talk about this on Tuesday, um, but I'm curious if you have thoughts now about anything, um, what, if you're going to, what, do you have any immediate thoughts on like what the next campaign you would want to run would be genre wise or wait, say it again. If you were to run another campaign, what would it be? Oh, do, do you um... have any like things oh, yeah. in, in the back of your mind where you're like oh, oh. You, we talked about this the superhero yes. thing right? oh yes 100 yeah. percent. that's 100 yeah. percent what i want to do um which will be very much so not devastating and like confined to a specific world right like it, it so what what orphans was was confined to a very specific setting scenario and real life mechanics um and you guys were literally going to real places in the world. Right. You, like the whole entire campaign was based off of you guys are playing yourselves and you guys are actually in America. And the places you go will be the map that I pull up for where you're going and what you're doing there and how this, how this will look. And is there actually a river here? Is there mm-hmm. actually mountains here? Um, the facility, what does the facility actually look like? We just pulled up the map for it. Um, Except for, you know, we didn't have the blueprints for the inside of the facility, but um, like all of those things were like real life things. And every time you guys decided to do something or wanted to do something, there was a little bit of flexibility with like Jared can't cut bullets in half, <laughs> but it's still physically possible. And so in, in this world, Jared can do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we, we played with that. Um, but what what I want to do now, which I think would be a lot of fun and super interesting, possibly in a fate-like system, um, but also I would rather have a system that's specifically dedicated to it. So I'm going to try to yeah. look some stuff up. Yeah. Um, but what I really want to do is a campaign where we take like the DC universe and make our own DC universe, yeah. where we have, uh, where we have like. Um, a Superman character who is invincible unless he has this specific crystal. Basically, basically what you're saying is like you, you want to make our version of Invincible. No, um, I want to make our version of the DC Universe. No, no, but that, that Invincible is their version of the DC Universe. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Right? Okay, exactly. Sense, it's, yeah. It's, do the same sort of thing where it's like we have this similar archetypes, but it's our version of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, I want to make just a ton of flexibility in the universe for characters to just decide things. So for instance, a lot of what you're doing with Elysian Road is like, hey, Carly, what is Xanlis like? Yeah. This is your home planet. I want to do a lot of that, but with a superhero universe where each each player can make their own mentor character and then be their sidekick. And then make it, so like make a super powerful superhero character and then be like, okay, who, and then I want to play this character being mentored by this character. And so you have a ton of control over a lot of the setting. With, so you want to do Young Justice is basically what you're yes, saying? Yes, I want to do yeah, Young okay. Justice, 100%. <laughs> um, and then... So, so we like, want to play Masks. That's what, we, that's what you want to do. Except masks I don't want to play Masks. Because, because I want to create a universe that's not limited by only people who reach a certain age lose their powers. No, no, no. I want so to create that, a, that was our idea. Um, oh, okay. That's not inherent in Masks at all. Um, oh, okay. that was just the so we could totally just use that because the system is literally for playing teenage superheroes. Um, that's the oh. thing it does. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the other issue would be like, can it evolve from there to you guys become adults or no? I think so. Yeah, you can oh, get okay. adult moves. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's yeah. like literally differences between the teenage moves and the adult moves. Oh, well, then 100. percent I think that's perfect yeah. for what I. So I yeah, you should, I you should read it. Something. Up. You should read read masks. Yeah. I want to do some evolving in the characters as well. I want to be able to have somebody have a specific power 
like, like hero and heroes. I want Mm -hmm. somebody to be like, Oh, I can just stop time and then be like, Oh, I can teleport to the future and teleport (laughs) to the past and do all this other stuff. Um, and be able to let their power be called something because I think this is what I have. And then it find it, it turns out that actually yeah. it evolves in this way. And I actually mm-hmm. can do this too. And I think that would be super fun in an RPG, especially if we can grab a couple of new people um, to like join in. If like Carly or Josh doesn't want to play. Um, yeah. I, mean, I we imagine could, we would. Yeah. We'd probably get a yeah. fourth. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Grab a new person. Yeah, and in all reality, if Carly and Josh did want to play, we could still do like something like six people in a in a campaign that that's uh, like super like uh, not hard magic, mm. um, where people can just do all sorts of weird, wacky stuff, and also have a universe that's so huge and like anybody can just decide anything about their home world or yeah. um you know this is like like we could have an aquaman who just decides everything that's in the deep water like there are krakens under the sea in and it's yeah. like okay there are you know and uh or like if adam wants to play and he plays like a thor like character he's like i am the god of this and i am from this mythology and this is the planet i hail from and these are all the people here and this is how this planet works and all this stuff mm-hmm. um we can do all sorts of weird stuff like that because if somebody wants to be like yeah i have a death star i can be like okay there's an anti death star ray and it's from this planet and uh the death star has this crystal weakness and there is this evil villain who uh, can take control of it using cybernetics from his brain. And, you know, I can create any type of weird, whatever uh, problem or um, ally or whatever to kind of solve problems that the characters like put into the universe. So if somebody wants to make an invincible like character, I can be like, yes. And this person throws him in the sun and now he's dead. And yeah. I can do whatever I want because it's a universe that allows for so much flexibility with the characters to decide so much about the world. But the the universe itself is so ridiculous that we don't create like world ending problems because of these ridiculous powers. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing of it with superheroes is like, I feel like all of us, we have like four or five different ideas for a superhero campaign. Like we could do, you know, the, the masks one where that we've started with the two one shots we've done where it's like the people lose their powers when they reach like around, you know, when they stop growing, basically um, we could do your thing there. We could do power that in our original, like post-apocalyptic, everybody gets, starts to get powers because of a disease thing, which I still want to do at some point. I think that's, it's because it's like a mix between like x-men heroes and infamous in some really fun yeah. ways yeah uh and then what there's like a fourth one oh then david has like his like dark superhero setting that he has been black oh I think yeah it's called which is which um, is kind of like power I th- uh, a little bit yeah well it's it's a there's like a prison colony i think with a, a bunch yeah. of people yeah yeah but then jared also apparently has an idea for uh my hero uh dark yep. setting as yep. well so we'll have to we'll have to see who who gets to their superhero thing first but yeah well um, i mean really just like everybody just votes like we all want to do a superhero thing which one is the most interesting we all just do it yeah and honestly well i'm sure we'll talk about this on tuesday uh for sure so yeah um and i'm, I'm excited to sit down and honestly i think we might make that an idle inspiration episode too um or something i don't know i want to record it um i don't know where i want to put it exactly but um yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um our our the future of our games and what new campaigns we might have in the in the future uh i know elysian road and crow inquisitors are the the, the ones immediately up on the docket uh for sure because we want to we want to return to those old games and try to try to wrap them up and re- make sure that they don't continue in limbo forever uh right. I, would li- I would like to actually you know yeah. bring them in for a landing uh, before we start anything new I am so excited to get back to Leeson Road after listening oh, yeah. to it yeah. and like realizing how much fun my character was to play oh, yeah. and being like mad at myself for being caught up so much in the mechanics because <laughs> I was still halfway in D&D world where I was like, mm-hmm. my character needs to be strong enough to be competent in these situations. And uh, I would much rather like just have fun with the mechanics and scrooby dooby do all of the like oh man i didn't get enough xp this round uh you know uh <laughs> yeah it, and also be present for rpg because i like miss like 
four episodes or something like that out of the 15. Mm-hmm. So something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Me too. Um, and it'll be interesting because I think uh, Jared is level seven out of 10. And I think yeah. some of you are level five to six. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a huge um, power like <laughs> imbalance already. <laughs> But, but also that means, I mean, we have until you reach level 10, more or less, to finish out the game. And I think we can, I, I think that's going to be a perfect amount of time uh, to do it. Um, uh, give it is level it, 10 the max? Level 10 is the max in, in Star's Law number, yeah. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. huh. Which, well, that's, I mean, think about it. Like, uh, right now, both you and Fergus are, like, at a level in your psych- psychic abilities um, that, like, is, you're, like, some of the best people in probably in the galaxy, Right, I think I can uh, certainly see in the sector. into the future for like three months. Three, right now, no, I think. I think it's a year. I thought. Oh, did you advance it? Well, I think year yeah. is the last one because it it starts off being one day and then it goes to one week and then three months and then yeah. a year and a year is the fourth level. I don't think you have the fourth level yet. That's like oh, the okay. highest you can get. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can see three months into the future, like pretty accurately. So that that's pretty insane. Uh, but yeah, don't worry. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff. I have some. I have some fun plans for Elysian Road. Obviously, I mean, honestly, the next um. The next season is going to be a lot about uh, a lot about Evelyn. Um, we're going to dig into her backstory a lot. Um, and I have some fun plans for that. So, but yeah. Yeah, I'm really hoping to do a lot of like behind the scenes stuff, too, um, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of different ways this can all spin out. And I'm trying to remember how concrete I had control over Vigo. And I'm not sure how much of it is like in your hands and how much of it is well, in you, my hands. You, you played him at one point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, go ahead and listen to the whole of Leasing Road. Once mm-hmm. you have finished it, that we'll have a conversation about what is true, what is not true. Well, and, and I don't think I'll be able to finish it before Tuesday or next Tuesday, but I'll try. Or next Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, I mean, next Tuesday is going to be recap, right? So. Oh, we're not going gonna... I think I think so. I'm, I mean, both. Jared and David have been like, I don't remember anything that's happened. Right. We yeah, need yeah. to like have a re- And so I think we're going to spend that Tuesday just like talking about the game and, and recapping and making okay. sure we're on the same page. So you have three weeks, um, right. more or less. So you might be able to do it. And, and even if you didn't, we, we'll, we'll do the recap anyway. So you'll, okay, you'll be yeah. filled in on stuff. So, but cool. Uh, you have any last thoughts on anything that we've been talking about or seems like no, I, to wrap up. I loved orphans. I loved playing yeah. orphans. I loved being the GM and making all those yeah. uh, like all of those seams that yeah. like stick in all of our heads now and all of yeah. those like great moments. And I love being oh, the, you know what? There's a, there's a, another question I, I wanted to ask you. I'll, I'll ask you quick. What did you, this is always something that is interests me about GMs. Um, what is, what was your ratio of improv to plan to planning for the game? Oh, do I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Pretty balanced then you think yeah i probably probably i think that's something i've mastered after misborn is (laughs) is like having a plan and then just going with whatever and just throwing it out because it doesn't work yeah yeah but then but then later on you're like oh i can save this piece of it and i yep i'll I'll keep it there yeah and i think the the campaign was set up in a way to make it really easy go go from point a to point b yep then uh yep a lot of the main story stuff didn't happen until halfway through the campaign where you guys got attacked by the train of profits or not the train. You got attacked on the train by the profits. Yeah. And then started the end game, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I think, to balance. all. Yeah. That. I mean, with, with a game like Bernie wheel, it's very different because you have to like man- manage a whole bunch of things and remember a whole bunch of conversations that have ha- been had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so improving some stuff there and, and making, like you have to improv stuff and then you have you have to remember what you improved and make notes about it and then bring it back yeah. later and uh but yeah with with uh with orphans the main stuff you had to remember is like how is everyone doing psychically right now in, <laughs> in their psychology um and then and then bring that back later but yeah, yeah it was very I think, methodical. I think that helped almost the most out of anything was um doing an after show and just asking people about yes their characters i think if anything if i could add like or give advice to anybody um at all ever for uh doing being a gm i would say that is just ask your characters all the time what they think is going to happen 
what they liked the most, what they disliked, where their character is at psychologically. Um, like just ask them a lot of questions and you'll be a good GM. I think yeah. uh, that is the thing I learned. I forget who I learned it from. I was listening to somebody. Um, I think I was listening to like somebody on YouTube or whatever, yeah. like who was like, I'm a GM. And here's what I learned about being a GM is if you want people to be like, oh, wow, that was incredible. I don't know. Like, like that's exactly where I thought my character was going and all this stuff. And like this, this all worked out so perfectly to like further my character arc. And um, like, I don't know how the GM thought this through. And the GM was like, because I asked you, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I just asked you about your character. And I, I asked you like, what do you want to happen? And then for some reason you forgot that I asked you that and then made that happen. And I was like, okay, I guess that's how to be a good yep. GM. And that's what I did. So <laughs> honestly, like, yeah, you just ask people where they think their character is going and what sounds interesting to them. And then just do something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and after shows have been great for that. Um, yeah. And, and after shows, I think will continue to be great for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, anytime we have a chance to sit down and just like break down what happened and like right. talk about stuff, it's yeah. it, even if you don't have to ask, even if you don't ask explicitly, like, what do you want your character to be doing? You'll often be able to just pick it up from like how they yes. reacted to something that happened in, in an after show and just be yeah. like, uh, they weren't too, too excited about that. Yep. Um, and honestly, that, yeah. that's mainly what I do is I just listen back to the episodes and I just no, make notes about like, oh, okay, they didn't like that. I'll make yep. a note of that. And they did definitely yep. like that. I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Uh, and then just go from there. Yeah. All right. Cool stuff. This has been Idle Inspiration. We hope you are inspired to play more role-playing games. Thanks for coming on, Connor. Yeah. It's fun. We're out.